Good morning. Our Old Testament lesson today is coming from the book of Psalms, Psalm 139, verses 1 to 14. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for the darkness is as light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. Thanks be to God. Amen. We are about to eavesdrop on a portion of a letter from Paul to believers in the congregation in Corinth. This is not the first letter Paul has written them. We call it his second letter, but it is probably his third. Clues in the letter refer to some epistle that has not been preserved and passed on to us. In any case, it is clear that there is some friction between Paul and his congregation in this bustling cosmopolitan commercial center of Corinth in the Roman Empire. Paul has gone on to start other congregations, and in Paul's absence from Corinth, other preachers and teachers have come and grown more popular than Paul. Paul himself was not known as a great orator or preacher. His physical stature was not impressive. He was plagued by what he called some thorn in the flesh. Was it a stammer, as some conjecture? We do not know. But Paul did not have the apostolic pedigree that others had, and His companions in the gospel are not men of high standing in the Roman Empire. So Paul feels the need to defend himself and his companions and their ministry. And as he does, he gives a startling new image of greatness and power and what it means to be a Christian. Let us hear just a portion of Paul's defense of his ministry and authority from the fourth chapter of 2 Corinthians. 
For we do not proclaim ourselves. We proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus may be made visible in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. Melt us. Mold us. Fill us. Use us. Here we are, Lord. We wait for you. Amen. Recently, Carter and I have been watching the first season of the National Geographic series, Genius. Ten episodes dramatizing the fascinating life of Albert Einstein. Einstein, as you know, developed mathematical theories of time and space, theories which completely turned on its end what physicists had thought since the time of Newton. His radical ideas would revolutionize physics and our understanding of the universe in which we live and revolutionize the way we live in it. And he did this by simply thinking, thinking his way into new realities. Whenever Einstein was figuring out some radical new idea, and whenever he tried to explain his theories to a colleague, he would conduct what he called a thought experiment. He would ask his colleagues to close their eyes and imagine. Imagine you are standing on a moving train. Imagine you are chasing a beam of light. 
And then he would direct their imaginations in a new line of thought along which they would be startled into seeing the universe in a new way. Now, I am no genius. Newsflash. But the Apostle Paul was. Paul had insights and developed radical new concepts that revolutionized the way early Christians in the Roman world understood the universe in which they lived, altered how they looked at themselves, how they walked around in the world, how they responded to whatever happened to them, and interpreted it. In this passage in 2 Corinthians, Paul is conducting a thought experiment. I invite you to join him and those first century Christians in this thought experiment. If you will, if you won't, that's fine, but if you will, close your eyes. Imagine a vessel, a container of any shape or size, not too fancy, not gold or bronze. Imagine a common vessel used every day made of clay, the mud of the earth, made with a particular function in mind to pour or store, to hold and carry. Imagine this vessel shows wear and tear. It has chips in it, cracks. It can break. Have you got one in mind? Now, put something precious in this vessel, something priceless, a diamond of great value, a gem more precious than gold. Look at this diamond as it sits in the clay jar. Notice how beautiful it is. See how it glints with beams of light. Touch it and handle it carefully. And wonder who would keep something so precious in something so ordinary and why? It's startling. Picture now walking around with this container, guarding it, keeping the treasure within. Notice how you carry it. Picture taking the lid off the container to show it to others. Let them gaze upon it, touch it, and handle it carefully. Now consider again the vessel itself. The value of the vessel is no longer in its appearance, nor in its market value. The value of the vessel is in its purpose, which is to carry and contain a treasure. As the next step in this thought experiment, Paul says, picture I, Paul, am that vessel. I am ordinary, even common. I am made of the dust of the earth. I have 
cracks and chips. I am dulled and broken in places. I am not much to look at. I have a past that I am ashamed of. In the measurements of the world, I am not of much value. Now, imagine that a priceless treasure has been put within me. I can look within myself and gaze on it, enjoy it, touch it. I carry it around and show it to others. I share it with others. I am a container and carrier of treasure. What is this treasure? It is an extraordinary power. Here, Paul turns a concept on its head, for he speaks of power not as might, which can ward off trouble and suffering. That is the old notion of power, the notion of empires. This extraordinary power which has been put in Paul does not ward off suffering. It enables him to bear suffering. Revolutionizing thought. Power to bear suffering. As Christ bore it. To be afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted but not forsaken, struck down, not destroyed. Imagine that. It is a power which enables an ordinary clay vessel, imperfect and cracked, even unattractive, to endure. And not only to endure, but to prevail. Paul himself is proof of this extraordinary power. He reminds the Corinthians later in his letter that he has suffered hardships, calamities, shipwrecks, beatings, imprisonments, riots, sleepless nights, hunger. What is this extraordinary power has been placed in him. It is a presence, a very real and demonstrable presence. And it radiates, glints with light. It is the very same presence which was at the creation, saying, out of darkness, let light come. The same presence that was shining in the face of Jesus Christ. What is this presence that wields such power? It is the presence of divine love. In your mind, gaze on that. Behold that for a moment. 
and take it in. Now, Paul says to believers, imagine that you are such a vessel. Imagine that inside you, inside me, imagine that inside all of us together, for the church is also a container, also made of clay, cracked, and all too breakable. Imagine that Christ has put in us the same presence, real and demonstrable, that called light out of darkness in creation, the same presence that had the power to take on the suffering of the world, power to descend into hell, to walk around in the terror of that darkness and turn that terror into the light of day. What if this presence of divine love, this extraordinary power, able to take anything that comes along in life, even death, and turn it to good, what if that presence were in each of us? What if we opened the lid of our souls day by day, hour by hour, to discover, ah, there it is. It is still there. And we gazed upon this treasure touched it, let it work its power in us? What if we walked around with this thing of beauty radiating in us? Picture that. What if we took it out, showed it, and shared it with all the people, all the hollow women and men who are desperate or powerless or trapped in a dark place. All the empty young people who consider themselves invisible or worthless, angry because the parade is passing them by. What if each of them came to know that whatever their status or fortune in the world, whatever shape or form or appearance they take, whatever abilities or limitations they have, these are not the measurements of their value? What if each of them knew they are made, fearfully and wonderfully made, to contain and enjoy and carry something precious beyond price. 
And the only thing they have to do to receive it is to risk accepting and receiving it. What if each one of us lived out our purpose to be vessels of this shining, radiant presence of divine love? And we carried it around in this world. Well, that would alter the universe we live in, wouldn't it? What a revolutionizing thought. Amen. Let us pray. Help us to see ourselves as you see us. And help us to carry you within us. Amen.